If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Spooky music. Welcome to a special Halloween edition of Dragon Quest FM, where we talk about and obsess over Dragon Quest. My name is Austin. I'm BJ. Uh, and for this episode, we're going to be talking about some uh, spooky stuff uh, <laughs> from our favorite scary moments in Dragon Quest uh, to some of our favorite Halloween-ish, Halloween-ish stuff in non-DQ games. Uh, but before we get into today's episode, we've actually got a new Patreon patron uh, that we'd like to give a real nice thank you to. It's Vanessa's People Mom! I don't know what a People Mom is, but I'm so glad that I know that it exists now. Thank you for all of your support. We are so happy that you're here, and it's spooky day for Yuki. <laughs> I made it rhyme, so Yuki. Spooky and Yuki. You did. <laughs> so thanks to Vanessa's People Mom for being our newest patron. Yeah, uh, for real. Now, uh, today we're not necessarily talking about every single spooky moment in Dragon Quest, uh, but we do want to kind of highlight some of our favorites uh, and some of the most memorable. Uh, so I, I was trying to think in order here. And uh, for me, the first kind of like spooky moment that sticks out in my mind is the uh, the phantom ship, ghost ship in Dragon Quest three. See, and I haven't gotten that far into three. Three is one of them that I'm I'm kind of going through. I uh, bought it on the Switch port, and I'm going to be going through it once I finish up eleven uh, on the Switch. So I haven't gotten to the uh, spooky ghost ship yet. Gotcha. It so, makes me unhappy though. I don't tend to like spooky ghost ships that much. Uh, oh, like Final really? Fantasy Five is like that's my like least favorite part of Final Fantasy Five. So for some reason, there's just ghost ship stuff that I don't like. So I don't look forward to it. But if you like it, then maybe I will. But you love boats, so I love. See, I like spooky stuff, and I also like boats. And so for me, those are sometimes those are my favorite parts of JRPGs. Oh, okay. and I even have here in my notes that I I'm like curious if this kind of spawned the whole ghost ship cliche that you see in jrpgs nowadays uh, because because i feel like that's um you know that's gotten to be a thing with uh with jrpgs it seems like so many of them have ghost ships now like yeah. like you mentioned final fantasy 5 which i haven't played yet but um you know there's the pirate ghost ship in nino kuni there's the uh one of my favorite parts of legend of dragoon is the uh, ghost ship uh, that you crash into in that game. And so uh, I just feel like there's lots of games, especially JRPGs, that have ghost ships. And I can't think of, there's one in my head right now that I've played recently that uh, I think there's one in Bravely Default as well that uh, that I played through that has ghost ships. Like, yeah, they're everywhere. Yeah, and so for, uh, but for me, the Phantom Ship, Ghost Ship, Dragon Quest Three is kind of the first big, like, spooky... Halloween-ish theme thing that shows up in a Dragon Quest game starts with three. Um, and admittedly, the one in Dragon Quest three, it's pretty bare bones. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it is a game from 1989. 
Uh, so obviously newer games are going to have like creepier and cooler looking ghost ships. Uh, like I still want to play the, uh, what's it called? Obra Den? Yeah. The Where- uh, return of the Obra Den. I've been wondering if you'd pick that up on, uh, on switch yet. Cause I think it's 20 bucks right now. Yeah. No, I've had that game recommended to me a few times in the last year and it's definitely like on my to playlist, but right now I feel like the backlog for video games that I have is so enormous that, yeah. um, I'm like having to, if that makes sense. Like I'm having to put that game on the backlog for my backlog. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's uh we've talked about this on geek to geek before where the way void does it is he has just, he just adds a list. Like he uses a wonder list to do list basically, and yeah. just keeps them in a queue. And he just goes down the list and he tries them. It's like, well, maybe that one will work. He's like, Nope, that one's not good. And then moves to the next one mm-hmm. where he just keeps a list of everything he wants to try. Uh, and it's kind of that. What, that's what this reminds me. I was like, well, I'll eventually get to it. So it's just kind of on that list. And it's it uh, it works really well for him and other people. I don't have an actual list, but uh, it's it's on my list. I mean, uh, I I think Jennifer would like it too. So I'm oh, yeah, uh, I think so I'm, too. I think she the way she likes indie games and uh, the kinds of indie games that she mm-hmm. likes. That's one I think she would like because it's supposed to be great. So mm-hmm. yeah, and it's so I say backlog, but I don't have a written list. There's like basically I keep a running list of like five games up in my head that I know I'm going to play like the next five games in this order. Yep. And then after that, it's kind of like there's just a random like group of games that I <laughs> want to play at some point. And that so you'll Obra- see in your library and be like, oh, that one today. And yeah. I, that's that's kind of how I, I was like, oh, I have that installed. Why not? But uh, going back to Dragon Quest three, you know, I'm, even though it's kind of bare bones, you know, I mean, it's 1989 game, but I still I'm a sucker for like ghost ships in video games. And I think this one uh, it's. I think it works well for, for within the context of that game. Yeah. Um, you have to get it to get like a, a locket and you know, you have to basically it's like a quest of a quest of a quest that eventually oh. gets you like the silver orb in that game. Um, and so, uh, so I, to my knowledge, it is not optional. Like you have to, uh, at some point you're going to have to run into the ghost ship and, and get it. And it's, it's pretty short. I mean, it's, yeah. I don't know that I would even call it a dungeon. It's just a pretty short little, you know, boat with enemies and a special item you need to grab kind of thing. Yeah, and I think that uh, from what I'm remembering, like the ones I've played, they tend to be short. It's something that will come through. I mean, there's even the ghost ship in, uh, you start out Dragon Quest Builders 2, basically on a ghost ship, and it comes back multiple times over the course of the game. So uh, I haven't played, I don't remember a ghost ship in 11, though. Like... I just got through Quest the main story. 11? Yeah, Dragon Quest Eleven. I don't remember a ghost ship at all. There's the Strand and the Mermaid stuff, but yeah, I don't think there is one at all in, in it. No, um, no, there isn't. There's, but yeah, it, I mean, the Strand. It almost makes you think that it's gonna be a ghost ship. You know, yeah. the way it's like it's all foggy and Silvando like has this sense of foreboding, and then yeah, but then it ends up you're at this like very on this very beautiful island, and there's like a mermaid that speaks in rhymes, and yep. it's like the opposite of a ghost ship. <laughs> yeah, it really is. So I thought that's why I was going into it first, but yeah, so the uh, the ghost ship definitely is a thing, and it comes back a lot in builders too. Like uh, you can go smash, and you get really good sword in there when it comes back in the uh, last part of the game. So explore it when you're uh, you're in Malhalla. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Uh, the, the other one that I kind of thought about, uh, that's probably my favorite one on this list, uh, in today's episode is the, uh, 
is the haunted castle in Dragon Quest V. Okay. Um, it's called the Uptotten Towers. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uptotten Towers. But anyway, very early in the game, uh, when the hero and Bianca are little kids, uh, you sneak off together uh, because there's this haunted castle nearby. And um, it's basically a uh, haunted mansion, like the Disney ride. Yeah. It's very similar to that. Like uh, there's a part where you come out into like the, I don't know, like this, this big open room inside a castle. I don't know. I'm not fancy enough to know like the technical terms for castles. Right. Um, it's definitely not the foyer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like a big area, you know, and you come out there and there's like a ghoulish piano player and there's ghosts dancing around. And I mean, you really do almost expect to hear like the Haunted Mansion song. And I don't, I don't, I've only been on the ride like twice, so I don't remember the music like so many people do, but I know the area you're talking about there. Yeah. I I don't know the words. I mean, I've ridden the ride like quite a few times, but, um, it's like, uh, the part that I always think of is like at the end of a lot of different bars in the song, it's like grim grinning ghosts come out to socialize. (laughs) Um, and so like, I kind of like hear that, um, when I'm in that area of the castle. And so, and it's got a pretty cool little story and everything that goes along with it. And it's just kind of a fun, one of my favorite parts of Dragon Quest V is just exploring uh, the little haunted mansion uh, with Bianca and everything. Uh, okay. And then um, the, it is a little different from the haunted mansion ride. Like your kids and uh, the monsters, they capture you at one point and they try to cook you in like, something like a soup i guess <laughs> like i have on my notes here i don't know if it's like a soup or like a stew or like a broth or like a bouillabaisse what how do you even say that i bouillabaisse? have no idea though. it's a bouillabaisse yeah it's like fish stew basically we're trying to be too fancy bouillabaisse yeah. Yeah, but I anyway i think you're you're fancying up the uh the halloween too much but the but the hero and bianca they're try they're trying to be cooked in the soup and uh and, you know, obviously they escape because if they didn't, the game would be like an hour long. Yeah. <laughs> they just get eaten by monsters. That would be that would <laughs> be like great, though. End. Like, I would love a game to release and just be like, here's where it is. And you just die like immediately. <laughs> like That's the end. Like you actually lose. You cannot win. It's just like, well, sorry, guys. Like I would pay for a game like that. So that kind of happened to me. I mean, with Breath of the Wild. Um, because in Breath of the Wild, you know, Link wakes up and he's like in that chamber and you just like go out of the cave Yeah, and you go out of the cave to like the open area. And I went to the open area and I was like, oh, cool. What's this tree over there? And the controls or something, I literally fell off a cliff, like within the first (laughs) 10 seconds of being outside that cave and died. (laughs) And I mean, it puts you right back at the beginning where like you're leaving the cave or whatever yeah. So, yeah. but i just that's one of those things that's always going to stick in my mind with breath of the wild is just that i died pretty much from the get-go of the game and it wasn't the last time i died either i died from falling off of like cliffs and stuff in that game so much oh so many times oh yeah it's it's absurd how many times i just fell to my death or try like trying to explore around the edges and mm. it was just like uh-oh nope I went the wrong way. I can't climb back up now. And uh, I died so many times on that from trying to stand on stuff, too. <laughs> um, so uh, so then going from Dragon Quest V, another big one that stuck out to me uh, that I know I think we've talked about that you enjoyed as well is Swine Dimples yeah. in Dragon Quest IX, um, which took me... Fr- so 
I played an embarrassingly long amount of time in sw- Swine Dimples before I realized it was supposed to be a Hogwarts pun. Me too. Um, I was just like, man, this is a really weird, ugly name for a school. Like, uh-huh. why did they name it Swine Dimples? And uh, then I kind of realized, oh, wait, this is like a Harry Potter reference. Yeah, uh, it took me way too long. And it's like, I feel like I've missed out on it now that I want to go back through that part at the very least. I need to go get my game and put it uh, put it in and actually just go back and explore just mm-hmm. to see the puns that I missed. Like, I know there was a bunch of stuff that I absolutely would love that I had no idea about because I didn't even catch that it was a swine dimples instead of Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. And so... So Swine Dimples, really quickly, it's it's a haunted school, basically. You go there, and there's like a subplot uh, in the game where uh, people are seeing this ghost, and some people are like, oh, I don't think it's real. The whole thing is feels very, like, silly, I guess, because you show up, and a guy is like, oh, you must be the private investigator. And you're like, sure, I am. And yep. the headmaster, like, treats you like you're this detective, so you go around investigating this haunted school, Turns out there's like this demented ghost of a headmaster uh, that's like kind of wreaking havoc and stealing students, like kidnapping students. Mm -hmm. And so it all kind of has a creepy vibe, but it's still Dragon Quest, so it's kind of silly. So you said you didn't like ghost ships in video games. So so how do you feel about the whole like haunted school ghost student tropes that you see in a lot of rpgs i really like the haunted mansion and haunted school stuff where you get this kind of thing like uh the generally anything but ships and it's because i don't like pirates and ships and stuff like that (laughs) Uh like that's a big part of it is i just don't enjoy that kind of content in general uh but i like going through like ghost houses and uh and schools like this um there's some in i think like the very first persona game uh it basically starts in a in a hospital where it's haunted and it reminds me like of Silent Hill. Uh, that's what this is. It's just it's just that fun thing like Ghost Houses in Mario. Like Mario sixty four. Some of my mm-hmm. favorite ones were the uh, the uh, Ghost House that you get in through it. Like I still don't like the two D Ghost Houses as much, uh, but I love the three D ones. Um, I'm like right now I'm playing Mario Kart Tour and my favorite uh, my favorite courses are the ones uh, that they've put in for Luigi's Mansion that came out to, out today as of our recording this. Mm-hmm. And um, it's those kind of things. Like Disney Infinity, I loved the uh, racing game, but I loved the, uh, the like, Halloween... Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas track? There was yeah, some sort it was, of... it was uh, a Halloween Town track. Yeah, Halloween Town track. Like, I love that in the racing part of Disney Infinity. Uh, so it's like, I love everything like this when they do it, especially the school. Like, I love uh, the haunted school stuff. Mm-hmm. It feels yeah. almost like that in uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses, just because it's this big Hogwartsy type magic school anyway. Like, it's not even Halloween there, but right. that's <laughs> what the entire game feels like. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Um, I, I really like haunted s- school stuff. Typically, um, I feel like a lot of games have, even if it's not a haunted school, there's like a ghost student. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, like, uh, like Yokai Watch is one that I thought of mm. when I was thinking about like a ghost in the school. Um, and Yokai Watch has like a haunted hospital. There's like a whole chapter where you're like in a haunted hospital. Right. Um, but you know, it's it's Yokai, so a lot of the stuff is dealing with like ghosts and things yeah. in those games. Um, and then, uh, but even, you know, I really appreciate the callback in Dragon Quest XI. Uh, they kind of, uh, have a nice little, like, callback to Swine Dimples. 
Um, and it's not, it's, I say it's a callback, but I mean, it's basically just, uh, you know, there's that side quest you can do where you go to the school at night and there's a ghost girl in one of the classrooms. I couldn't find her. Like, I've got to go back and find her. Like, when I was exploring around going through that part, yeah. I haven't uh, found the ghost student yet. I couldn't I'm, find her when I'm I was almost, exploring. I've already done that quest, but I'm almost 100% sure she's in the church inside the school. Okay. Because I, I was just exploring is. around different classrooms and, like, yeah. different uh, dormitories and uh, never found you, her and just went on and did something else. If you go there at night and pull up your map for the first floor instant, like, as yeah. soon as you walk in the door, it's just a purple dot. And you just go there. Oh, so it shows them on the map like that? Like, I've yeah. beaten this game. I'm through the credits of 11S, and I didn't know that it showed, like... You're, uh, you're through the first like, credits. You have not first beaten credits. this game. That's true. I'm through with the first credits. I've gotten through the main main part of it and am working through the post game, which is just the main act story three. still. Yeah, it's, it's just, just act three. three. Like yeah. there is no reason for there to have been credits. And uh, I think they did it just to show a long cutscene of stuff that happened to the characters and then start the story again. And I think I think they part of me thinks they did it just for Westerners who complain about games being too long. Yeah. They're, because they wanted, like, you can kind of tell with this game that they were really trying to go for, like, mass appeal. Yep. And I think um, that that's my theory, at least, is that they yeah. put the first roll of credits in for all of the, for, like, the Western audience who, like, don't want to play anything beyond, like, a 30-hour game. So for them, like, a 60, 70-hour game is, like, really long, and they don't want to even mess with the next 20, 30 hours of a game. Yeah, I got oh. there in forty five hours and uh and got to that first credits and so it was uh, it was just fine and I didn't I did a lot of stuff. I just didn't do all of it because I knew I was gonna be doing the post game too. And that's a really fast time to get to the credits, I feel like. Forty five yeah. hours is like man, you were like yeah. speedrunning that thing. Well that's I like was impressive. also playing it on the very fast combat and skipping all of the dialogue as I read it. So but see see I I'm, did I've done that too. Like I haven't skipped cutscenes, but I've skipped dialogue as I read it and I'm playing on the fastest setting and I haven't gotten to the credits and I'm 65 hours in. You did all the Tickington stuff and I've been holding off on Tickington to do yeah. it all at once. That's true. Either way, I'm still impressed that you got there in 45 hours. That's like, it's impressive. Thank you. Thank um, you. You speed run things a lot. You get, you beat, you beat games faster than usual. So then like how long to beat generally says. So yeah. that's. And, Appreciate that. So I guess I should say that Naomi, my three-year-old, though, has been uh, playing 11S. So she'll take it for like an hour and just go around like killing enemies and walking around. So mm. I guess I guess there's kind of like an asterisk beside my 65 hours. That's true. That's true. She's of, been uh, she's been power leveling you. Yeah. So uh, but going back to Swine Dimples uh, and there, you know, there is the ghost in 11. Uh, but I really like that. And uh so I put it on my notes here. I don't even know if you remember this, but I have really fond memories of like the Windows 95 era, like educational PC games. Yeah. I know like, the game, that, that style of game. Because those games I played a ton of. I remember when we got our first family computer and it had Windows 95 on it and it was like the latest technology. Uh -huh. And my parents bought my brother and I a lot of video games and there was with we got two non-educational games. They were Tomb Raider for PC. Wow. Um, and uh, the, uh, I, not not from the get-go with this computer, but uh, like down the line, we got Tomb Raider and we got uh, TIE Fighter, okay. the Star Wars game. Yep. 
uh, we got those two games, but the rest of the games we ever bought uh, for that whole computer during the like five years or however many years we had it before we upgraded, all the rest of the games were educational. And so a lot of the video games I played as a, like a young kid were like educational PC games. Right. And uh, I think I've even talked about Freddy Fish on the show, or maybe I was just texting you about those games. You've texted Freddy. me about it, I know, and we've talked about it. I don't know if we've talked about it on the show. Yeah, there's one that's called The Haunted Schoolhouse, and uh, I mean, you know, it's a kid's educational kid's game, so it's not really all that scary. Uh, but <laughs> I like, hope not. That one and like the Reading Blaster games, um, which I was always better at reading, so I was like Reading Blaster, which was like Haunted Houses, as opposed oh, okay. to Math Blaster, which was like Outer Space. Yeah, I remember Math Blaster. I don't remember Reading Blaster, but you say Math Blaster in Outer Space. It's like I know exactly the yeah, game you're the, talking the about. Yeah, the first one, I only remember the first one. The first one was Math was Math Blaster Episode 1 in Search of Spot, which wow. was like, yeah, no, it was just Star Wars and Star Trek, like, mashed together to be uh-huh. educational. And, um, but anyway, so, uh, so whenever we were talking about haunted schools, the first thing that popped into my mind was Freddy Fish 2, uh, where there's the haunted schoolhouse. Right. Um, and so I don't know. I mean, I, I like haunted school levels in video games. I, I usually like haunted house stuff, like you were talking about, uh, Luigi's Mansion, which I actually have on my notes to talk about a little yep. later in the show here when we're talking about like favorite spooky moments in games. Um, but while we're on the subject of Dragon Quest XI, we have a, we actually were going to mention kind of a spooky thing that we enjoyed uh, in Eleven, and you know, it's also in Eleven S, but the, uh, the Dorian Gray stuff in Phenomenon. Yeah, like, I love Dorian Gray. Like, more than anything, I love this town, this area, because of the two puns. That Dora and Gray, like, is a Dorian Gray pun because she's in a painting and everything, or mural, but she's in a painting. And then Phenomenon, like, is, is just wonderful because I looked at it at first and I saw the, I saw the spelling. I'm like, what is that? Oh, phenomenon. I was like, that, that's, that's good. And then it plays in because there's this phenomenon going on there. Yeah. And it's like everything about the puns here just make me happy. It is, it is some top tier uh, puns there. And I was the same way whenever I first saw on the map before I'd actually walked into the town and I saw it, I was like, what is that? Pahop? Yep. I was like, what? I don't, why did they name this town this? And then as soon as you walk in, somebody says something about it being like phenomenon. And yep. I'm like, okay, that makes uh perfect sense. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. That, that's the way I was. It was like, oh, I hear it now. Yep. And so, so you see a lot of like horror movie tropes, I guess, in this town because you ha- you have a creepy little girl. Um, Which I love Dora. Like, this little girl is is so... Is, she really is creepy. Like, when you start getting to the point where, like, she actually turns out to be creepy, it's uh, and it doesn't take more than just a couple of minutes, It uh, it's like, wow, this little girl is mean. And the way that she looks and sounds, it's uh, it's great. Yeah, and it's it kind of, like, it's almost set up as, like, um, do you remember... That movie in the early 90s with Macaulay Culkin and Elijah Wood called The Good Son. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. like that, where it's like, it seems like there's this good kid, but then it turns out they're like all like evil. Yeah. And they're tricking people. And so, um, so, you know, but it, I mean, and that's a trope that's been repeated like countless times in like horror movies and other horror things. Yeah. You, ha- you have this creepy little kid. Um, you have this haunted world. They call it the other side, um, which you kind of see. It's very poltergeisty. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, and then where, you know, you're going into like this other realm where there's like ghosts or monsters and things. 
Um, they also, I don't know if you, have you seen the movie Insidious before? No, I've not seen Insidious or uh, The Conjuring or any of those. Yeah. I, I really like The Conjuring. Insidious is fine, but it's totally just, they just ripped off the story from Poltergeist. I mean, there's a little kid, you have to go into like this other world to rescue the kid. Uh, the other world is called The Further. There's even like some geeky, like like a psychic with like her geeky sidekicks who come around and, like do recordings in the house. Wow. I mean, it just turns into, it starts off as like a ghost story, but then it just turns into like a Poltergeist ripoff. And that's um, one of the reasons I haven't seen it is because I don't tend to like ghost movies. Like I like them in video games and interacting with ghosts and I think it's fun, but uh, movies like I don't tend to like like realistic ghost stories. Like the see, actual horror movie ghost yeah. stories, I like goofy ghost stories. And I'm kind of the same way because I'm terrified of ghosts. Um and and you and I have talked about that before, yep. I know, but and my wife isn't. She's she's been making me watch this like show on Netflix called Haunted. Yeah. Um, which supposed, it's supposed to be true stories, but there's just no way. Like some of the, some of the people who are talking seem like really bad actors. And there's even one episode where it's talking about like this, uh, like serial killer, basically. Like their dad was a serial killer and they're talking right. about murdering all these people. And I was like, man, I've never heard of this serial killer. And then if you look it up, it's like, there's never been any arrests for this like supposed serial killer. And I'm like, if this were real, I feel like somebody, would have arrested this guy for murdering like 30 some odd people or however many people he killed in the episode. Yeah, for real. Like that's uh that's I'm the like, kind of thing that, that would be, you know, looked down on, I would think. Uh, anyway, I'm just saying I'm calling BS on Netflix's haunted series because there's no way um, this stuff is like true. <laughs> the, yeah, that's, that's not being arrested, not being uh, like investigated like that's definitely definitely hard to believe that someone is a serial killer. But either way, the first episode of that is about this thing called the woman in white. Yeah. And they have these reenactments. And I'm just like, I don't need that kind of stress in my life. Like, I don't need to see creepy like corpses hanging in closets. Uh, like, no, yeah. thank you. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm the same way. Like, I sometimes I want gory horror, but most of the time I want, like, Halloween Town horror, like Disney Halloween Town movies and Hocus Pocus. Like, yeah. that's the that's the kind of ghost stories that I like. And I like I like campy horror movies like uh, Steve Whitcamp. Uh, right. Uh, was talking about Prom Night 2, which I didn't even know existed um, a while back. And yeah. I looked it up and it's the weirdest one of the campiest, maybe the weirdest, like, horror movie I've ever seen. It's a, it's a sequel to Prom Night, but it's nothing like Prom Night. Like, kind of like Carrie 2. It, yeah, well, actually, so actually, Prom, <laughs> Ni Prom Night 2 feels like Carrie, but, like, people were afraid that they would get sued for, like, if they got too close to the source material. Like, they couldn't buy the rights to Carrie, and so they just took a lot of drugs and wrote a screenplay as close to Carrie as they legally could. Wow. Okay. My So I, I know this is off subject, but I just got to mention my favorite part of the whole movie. And there's lots of really weird stuff is um, the girl, you know, who's like possessed or whatever. She's like trying to kill this other girl and the girl hides in a locker and the, the killer girl just looks straight at the camera, like stares at you and just goes, Bop bop a doo rap bop bop bop, and then the last note is the lockers smushed together and like really fake looking guts spew out of the locker. Uh, I just... it, look, it looks like pink play doh, but um, 
but uh, yeah, you'll never so happy. I know. I'm like, this might be my favorite rendition of Tutti Frutti. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me so happy. Yeah. So we've still got quite a few more Halloween uh, things to talk about on today's uh, show, but really quickly, we've reached that point. Uh, that we like to call shameless self-promotion. Shameless. Ba 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 do ba ba da ba squish. <laughs> um, good one. I like. I like <laughs> that. Great job. My hat's off to you. Um, my Halloween mask is off to you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, so, uh, so uh, BJ, why don't you tell everybody about our Patreon? We have a Patreon that you can visit at patreon.com slash dragonquestfm, and you can get a sticker for us. You can get a Discord role where you can hang out with us and talk on Discord. You can even tell us what you want to hear about. Uh, so you can go to patreon.com slash dragonquestfm and check it out, support the show, and uh, or just say hi. And you'll get free monthly mini-sodes that we do uh, that are extra and patron-exclusive. And the most recent one has uh, everyone's favorite sack chief on it talking about dragon quest ports so you can go check that out and all patrons have access to those that's right and then for our community spotlight this week i know we've talked about this before but i wanted to mention it again uh because i got my charm in the mail on monday right uh, of the luminary we talked about it uh uh for uh kanoha Kyrie. yeah right. uh she's got a store yeah. on store envy we talked about it before on the show but anyway, she made these really cool charms of all the Dragon Quest heroes. I ordered the Luminary, uh, got it in the mail on Monday. It looks super cool. Like, I'm so glad um, I got this one, and I, I hope to get more at some point. But uh, it also came with slime candy from Japan. The slime uh, candies look so cool. Have you eaten it? I haven't, because it's so cute. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, I have it sitting beside all of my like Dragon Quest action figures and things. Um, it's just sitting there right now. I I considered eating it uh like on today's show because it's candy and it's like Halloween. Yeah. So I was like, that's fits the theme. But I'm still not ready to eat it yet. Like once I eat it, it's gone, you know. Yes. <laughs> you know? And so um yeah, haven't eaten it yet. Uh so I have to give an update later on on whether I eat this candy. Right now I just look at it. It's sitting there with all my action figures. Uh but anyway, so be sure to check that out. Um, we'll put a link for that, uh, back in the show notes again. Yep. Uh, I know we mentioned it, uh, on an episode a couple of, uh, weeks or months ago, uh, as well. So, uh, now back to, uh, the rest of the episode. So, uh, we were talking about Dragon Quest Eleven before we got off on our long, uh, horror movie <laughs> ghost tangent, yep. I guess there. Uh, so going back to, uh, Dorian Gray. Uh, kind of like you said earlier, there's like this little girl. Well, it turns out she's not really a little girl. She's like this demon who yeah. has like a painting and she's luring people in and they like worship her and she's basically like stealing their color, I guess. Yeah, it, it's weird because it's like she's stealing their color to make her painting more rich, which basically makes me think, like makes me feel like color is life force. And uh, it, it's I'm, I'm reading a series, I read a series called um, um, The Lightbringer, which is all about like color magic. And then there's a Brandon Sanderson book called Warbreaker that is basically that where there's breath that people have, like this this essence about themselves that is color based. And so that's what I've thought of was like when she was drawing out people's 
people's color. Like she was basically making them these like empty husks of people because they have no color or beauty in their life anymore. Like it was, it was a neat idea. I wish they had actually expanded on it more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I also got a Sleeping Beauty vibe because of all the thorns and the briars and stuff. Oh, you know, yeah. the vines that whip out. Uh, the first time I played Dragon Quest Eleven on PS4 when I got to that part, um, I, I thought it was going to be some kind of like Sleeping Beauty type fairy tale yeah. um, thing. And it ended up not being that at all. Um, and I think I think for me, too, is Dora and Grey was one of those was the first boss that really stuck out to me the first time I ever played Dragon Quest XI uh, because okay. she almost killed my entire party. Like, I, like, I almost got my first game over uh, fighting Dora and Grey. Um, and it turns out that uh, Veronica was the only one left standing uh, at the end of the fight. Um, I didn't I wonder have... if that was the one where I only had Sylvando up. Because there was one boss fight that I can't remember which one that I, it killed everybody in both sets of my party, even when people came in. And I, it may have been that one where it was only Sylvando at half health uh, having survived. Maybe so, because Dorian Gray is the first boss that really puts a lot of status ailments on your party. Yeah. Um. So so it is kind of a difficult fight. I had no trouble. I'm convinced that 11S is easier than 11 I don't know if it really is or if it's just because it's my second playthrough, but um, to me at least, 11S has been a whole lot easier. And I I had no trouble. I I didn't have anybody, like even one person die playing it through this time. And again, I don't know if it's really easier or if it's just because it's my second playthrough. And you know how it is with like multiple playthroughs. It's like it gets easier because you you expect things to happen and you know what you're up against. Yep. Um, So I don't know. But part of me kind of thinks 11S is easier than 11. I definitely think they increased the rate of slime, uh, of metal slimes and things like that, because I have, I've killed so many more metal monsters. I've barely killed any. Like, oh, really? I see them, they run away so much, but, uh, for me, and I don't get to kill them very often. Uh, but I see them a lot, mm-hmm. like, uh, but I don't, they actually don't stick around long enough where I've, I've actually probably killed under a dozen the entire time oh. I played. Wow, so maybe it, maybe it's not. I just, um, you know, because I haven't had very. I thought they increased the rate of them and also uh, decreased the rate at which they would flee from you. Because uh, I've only had like maybe one actually leave. Like really? I feel like they have hung around a lot. Yeah, so maybe I've just had good luck. I think you've had good luck because I've even had metal king slimes run away. Yeah, like, I haven't. I haven't I usually don't have them run in other games, but this one, uh, they really did like a lot, like all of them I've seen. Oh, yeah, I haven't. I haven't run into a metal king slime yet. I've run into like the liquid metal slimes, the regular metal slimes, and the hands. Yeah. Um, Wait, are, hands? Yeah, there's the metal hands. I haven't had metal hands. No, I haven't seen any metal hands. I've seen vicious metal slimes and vicious liquid metal slimes. Yeah, I've seen those as well. Yeah, But I haven't seen any of the metal hands. They're called handy hands, I think is what they're called. And uh, they're metal monsters. And they can also, because they're the, the muddy hands, you know, they're right. just metal versions of them. They can summon more. And it's a pretty good way. I've only encountered them one time so far. But... Um, but yeah, I got to them and I killed them all and got like almost 70,000 experience for killing like, I think it was like three. Holy cow. Yeah. I mean, it was uh, pretty good. You will encounter them, I'm sure. 
Yeah, and the only other one I've seen, I mean, obviously Metal Slime Knights that don't do anything extra, but also I had Metal Dragon Slimes, and they didn't give extra. Yeah, there's there's a lot of metal monsters that don't. There's the there's the Metal Slime Knights, there's the Metal Dragons, there's the Metal Dragon Slimes, and then there's the Metal the Scorpion things. I can't even remember what they're called. But there, there's a lot of metal monsters in Eleven that don't actually give you anything. Huh. For it. it always makes me mad when I see one because I get super excited and then there's not any reward for them other than yeah. normal experience. And I'm like, you got my hopes up. And it made mm-hmm. me so mad. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, so um, so since this is kind of like a Halloween themed episode, we also wanted to kind of quickly bring up. Uh, we tried to narrow it down to like kind of three favorite Halloween slash spooky like towns or levels in non Dragon Quest games. Yep. Uh, and so, um, so maybe you do one, I'll do one, and we'll just keep down, bouncing back and yeah. forth here. Um, so you want to go first? I think my favorite, so I think I, my absolute favorite of any of them is the Overwatch Halloween event. Like right now it's going on, and every year that this has gone on, for like the last four years since this game has been out, it draws me back into the game. It makes me start playing through uh, and just playing so many new uh, matches uh, and, and new maps and stuff because they give new skins for all the characters. So I get cool skins like uh, Zenyatta, who is this robot monk floating around, has like a Cthulhu uh cultist vibe going on where he's got tentacles coming off of his uh off of his chin and everything and he shoot he throws these orbs at people and their eyeballs that he throws at people and like it changes all of the uh, sayings that they have like I love that stuff and I'm working on getting tracers this year uh where it's uh she's got a like giant glowing pumpkin on her chest and uh she looks all ghoulish and glowing uh so I try to collect as many of the Halloween skins as I can and uh like my favorite emote in the game is from Halloween it's with Reinhardt he's this big knight in armor and so he uses this hammer as his weapon and there's an emote where he throws a jack-o-lantern up in the air at like a baseball and swings his his hammer and smashes the pumpkin uh, mm-hmm. in the air and like it it's great like it just makes me so happy so whenever i see that the halloween terror event is going on i always spend time in overwatch that i wouldn't normally spend just uh just working on getting my uh my new my new skins on it and i'm trying to decide whether i want to drop 10 or 20 dollars on uh, getting more loot boxes mm-hmm. just to get a couple of the skins that i really 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 like before it's over uh, i'll probably wait until the very end of the event if i decide to do that because i mean overwatch is a buy one buy once play forever kind of game mm-hmm. and so the only way that you pay for it is if you buy some sort of uh, cosmetic upgrade and loot box like that. So it's uh, it's not as though I'm paying a monthly fee to play the game. So dropping ten bucks for a for something like that after I think I've probably spent maybe forty dollars on the game overall uh, since it's come out. Other than the game, other than the uh, the original like pre order launch uh, launch edition I got. So yeah. I don't mind doing that every now and then. 
Gotcha. And I've never played Overwatch, but I think it, they have it for Switch now, right? I bought it for Switch. I bought it for Switch last week. I do not like it for Switch. Oh, really? Um, it's, I don't like it with the controller, but I would honestly be way more likely to play it if I had friends to play with. Well, the Overwatch but, version on Switch. But I like playing with a controller. Like even when I played like Final Fantasy 14 on PC, yeah. I preferred using a controller and you didn't. So yeah, I think I, I like might keyboard like and mouse Switch. controls most of the time uh, on games like that. And it's like Overwatch doesn't feel right on the Switch to me. And I don't know what it is, but, uh, but if you or other people have it on Switch to be able to play with, I'd be way more likely to uh, play it as opposed to just doing the online stuff because I do actually prefer the, uh, the PC version. Yeah, I, I want to check it out. I didn't realize that you didn't have to have a subscription to play it. So you have to have the Nintendo Online subscription, right? But that's like twenty bucks a year, right? Yeah, it's and like it comes with three months of it. Yeah. Okay. So, cool. So check it out. Yeah, sounds good. So, so for mine, uh, the first one I wrote down uh, was uh, from Nino Kuni. So right. Nino Kuni, they have basically a whole continent that's kind of just dedicated to like spooky stuff and like Halloween. Um, it's called Autumnia, uh, which is also in Nino Kuni 2, I believe. Uh, but yeah. in Nino, in Nino Kuni 1, which is the one I'm talking about, the Wrath of the White Witch, there's like this continent. It's called Autumnia. It even looks creepy. Like part of the landmass, I guess, if you're looking at the world map, there's a thing. I can't remember the name of it. It's some kind of marshlands, but like miasma marshlands or something. And it looks like a ghost face from yeah. the world map. And, um, and I haven't played the first Nino Kuni game since like 2013, 2014. It's been a um, while. You and I were working together, and you were telling me about it every day as we drove to work carpooling. So yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I loved it, and so, um, so for me, I really like that whole continent. Some of my favorites. There's this thing called the Tombstone Trail that you go to uh, earlier on that continent, and it's just like a cool haunted like place. And then you go into the Crypt Casino, which is like where all these dead uh, people like place the slots and like. It's a casino. Yeah. And so you can just go in and play mini, mini games and it it's, looks like a Halloween themed casino. That sounds awesome. Like that, this alone make, and, and this is what made me want to play Nino Kuni to begin with was when you told me about all of this, uh, this and the Christmas land, uh, were the yeah. ones that it's I really wanted. Yule. Yeah. is the Christmas. Yule, just Y-U-L-E. Yeah. So th- those are the ones that made me want to play this. And now that it's out on Switch and the the special Super Edition on PS4, it makes me I'm I'm really wanting to get to it now. Yeah. So um, so the Crypt Casino is pretty cool, and then it all kind of culminates, I guess. Uh, on there, there's a big haunted castle called Nevermore, which is like where Shadar, uh, the Dark Jinn, lives and stuff. Uh, okay. And so, uh, and you know, Nevermore, it has the whole like Edgar Allan Poe vibe. Oh, so just the, the whole continent and like the few, like the locations you, you run through on there are just super cool. And, um, just the, the designs and everything are just really pretty. And I love that kind of like Halloween animated type look to everything. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so that's kind of my, uh, the first one I thought of there. So what's your next one? Well, I was thinking about spooky ghost stuff, and uh, Final Fantasy VI's Ghost Train was one of the first ones that came up for when you're walking around and you go into this really like uh, like spooky haunted forest, and you go into this train station and wander around with all of the ghosts uh, and talk to them on the train and fight and work your way to the very be- the very end where you fight the ghost train itself. 
And this was one of those bosses that I've never fought for more than one turn because it's a fairly hard boss fight at mm-hmm. this point in the game. You throw a phoenix down on it and it dies. Mm-hmm. It's a it's an undead ghost train. And I know that I've talked to people recently because they're playing different ports of it now. And uh, they're like, oh, my goodness, I never even thought about that. And I'm like, yeah, you throw a phoenix down on the ghost train and it dies and you don't have to worry about it uh, anymore. And like, that's one of my favorite, like, spooky ghost areas in any RPG just because it's so memorable. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it's also very, very sad uh, because you're going through talking about Cyan's uh, dead family and dealing with his uh dealing with his uh all just his family di- well his, yes his dead family but he's dealing with his feelings and grief and letting go and you're dealing with ghosts and it's just it's just a great area that has a wonderful vibe to it and you can one hit kill the boss if you have a phoenix down so mm-hmm. do that y'all yeah i i only played Final Fantasy 6 once but i remember the ghost train because it is very memorable. <laughs> yeah. It's Even, one of those parts of the game that just sticks out for pretty much. I don't even know what the reason is. Like it's one of the, the best parts of the game and it's fairly short. Yeah. Uh, so, so for my number two, uh, I had to put this one on there as Halloween town in the first kingdom hearts game. Right. I didn't like, I didn't like Halloween town and like Christmas town as much in kingdom hearts Two. Because uh, I thought the designs seemed a little lazier, I guess is the right word. Um, and I also, I wasn't a big fan of the Nightmare Before Christmas PS2 game. I don't know if you ever played that mm, one. I never played it. It was called like Oogie's Revenge or something like that. Mm. That I'm pretty sure they just made because that Halloween Town and Kingdom Hearts was such a big hit. Yeah. I think Disney was like, let's make a whole video game of this. And and Nightmare Before Christmas has never been my big thing. Like I, like I, mm. I'm really not a big Tim Burton fan and, uh, like I, I never, I didn't really like Nightmare Before Christmas as a kid. Really, and, and so yeah, and so I didn't like. I, I don't freak out about it as much as a lot of people do. Like you know, because it's kind of like this huge, like cult, you know, classic, yep. mega popular thing. And and I'm I, I don't fit in with that group of people. But I, but Halloween Town in Kingdom Hearts is still one of my favorite kind of Halloween themed games. I mean. Sora gets his own little outfit for that that area, but more than anything, Donald and Goofy do, and it's two of my favorite designs for Donald and Goofy. Yeah, um, the the you know Donald's, um, I, I mean his mummy outfit, and then isn't that the one where he, he gets the mummy outfit in Kingdom Hearts one? I think, and then is Goofy like where he has different colored eyes, or am I thinking about Monsters Inc. on that one? Um, I think he has different colored eyes on both. Okay, but yeah, they're just kind of they're like. Goofy's kind of a monster and Donald's kind of like a mummy. Yeah, it's um, it's neat. Like yeah. I love the keyblade you get with the pumpkin too. Like it's one of my favorite looking keyblades. Yeah. Um, and and just which one of the Kingdom Hearts 1 or Kingdom Hearts 2 had the like giant tower that you have to climb up. Th- that that that's the first one. You go to Oogie's Mansion and you have to go all the way to the top of Oogie's Mansion and everything. Okay, so I don't remember it in Kingdom Hearts 2 at all then because the, everything I remember is Kingdom Hearts 1 and then fighting Oogie Boogie as a boss. It's because Kingdom Hearts 2 you go to the Halloween Town. You go between Halloween Town and Christmas Town, right, okay. and most of the emphasis is on Christmas Town in the second one. Hmm. You you see Halloween Town, but there's only like I think like three areas that you can visit. It's not like a big 
area like it is in Kingdom Hearts 1. Okay, like I remember Christmas Town more, but I don't remember that area very well at all. So I'll have to, I haven't played Kingdom Hearts 2 all the way through in a while, so I need to do that. Yeah, and so that, so, I, you know, I really like that one just because of the kind of aesthetic that, uh, and kind of effort they put in to make it feel so unique. And yeah. uh, it's probably my favorite world from the first Kingdom Hearts game, and I just, I really liked mm. it a lot. Uh, so what's your number three? Uh, probably the WoW Halloween event. Like, yeah. I have a lot of memories. Like, I have a Halloween events in my mind because I played so many From MMOs. MMOs. Yeah. yeah. Like, so I'm thinking about the Halloween event in World of Warcraft, and it's uh, it started in, like, 2004. No, 2005, because uh, it launched in 2004, so it would have had to have been the next Halloween. Or it launched in November of 2004, so it had to have been 2005 Halloween. And it... Uh, they introduced like the headless horseman as a as a holiday boss. I think it was the first holiday boss that they did. So you got together with a group that you could continually run this uh, this boss to get special uh, like helmets, and they were really unique looking. Where you actually had this like glowing uh, like plate mail helmet with like glowing eyes and fire coming off of it. You could get his uh, like like he he was flying, but you couldn't fly on the mount yet. Uh, at the time, because you didn't have flying in the game, but uh, had his uh, the headless horseman's like uh, infernal mount with burning hooves, and he had cool uh, a sword that you could get. Like it was just a a wonderful experience all the way around, and they've made it better year after year. And then after that, uh, during the first expansion, they did uh, Karazan as a dungeon, which was this haunted tower, and you get in uh, through the basement and you fight uh, another horseman guy who has like a uh, his name is Atumin the Huntsman. But after you beat him in the stables, you go upstairs and it's kind of the haunted mansion thing that you were talking about. They're having this party and it's a bunch of ghosts. They're having a party and a feast. So one room is uh, all of these dancing ghosts that are doing like the, the waltzes together in circles. And then you fight them as groups as you go through. And then you walk into the uh, the banquet hall and they're all standing around the, uh, the, the feast doing this. And you attack them and like they all come running at you because you've interrupted their feast and the boss is morose the morose the uh the the ghost butler and uh, his staff that you fight so it's uh you go through this entire like like ghost house thing and the entire thing is demons and ghosts all the way up but it's this particular part is the first part of karazan and so it's the part that you kind of replay the most as you're learning to do it and they've reintroduced it in a later one of the later expansions as a remade uh like five-man dungeon that you could go through and just playing it again made me really happy so i i just love going through it like those were always some of my favorite parts of wow is uh when the halloween event came in doing the headless horseman and uh, getting candy and uh, you could uh, transform people uh with uh, you got like magic wands that you could put costumes on other people mm-hmm. you had cool. they actually gave you uh masks on your head that you could uh that you could wear they were like flat like paper masks that looked like you were wearing a different race's uh face and then like honorable mention on the same thing would be the final fantasy 14 halloween event mm-hmm. i don't know if you remember that but the yeah uh, you had the pumpkin heads right yeah pumpkin heads and then you could actually get the the witch's uh broomstick that you could ride oh and- yeah yeah and you could get um what's it called uh like the entire witch's outfit 
that like you could wear uh like pumpkin earrings and you could have a witch's hat that had little pumpkins off of it that i know my little lala fell wore for a good long time even after the halloween event was ended because I, like i said i love cosmetic halloween stuff so uh like mmo halloween stuff really sticks in my mind yeah and so so for my third one um i was trying to think of something that wasn't rpg <laughs> which right. I know is hard because that's what you and I mostly play is it RPGs. Is. Um, but for me, I know earlier in the episode you mentioned Luigi's Mansion. Yeah. Which I love those games. Uh, I thought Dark Moon was uh, okay. I was kind of disappointed in Dark Moon, but I, like, I'm excited for Luigi's Mansion 3 to come out. I'm not, it's not like a day one purchase, but it's a, it's a game I want to play at some point, you know? I'm trying to decide if it's a day one purchase because that's our anniversary and we're going out of town for a long weekend the next uh, the next weekend. And so, the well, like the next day. So that would be a fun one to uh, carry with us and play while we're at the beach, just kind of chilling at night or something. Yeah, because you so, can basically do two-player with this one now. Yep, you can. The you whole get story. Gooigi. Yeah, so, but for me, um, I started to put down Luigi's Mansion, but then... I went instead with Yoshi's Crafted World. <laughs> okay. Now, um, I haven't played it, so I'm really curious on how you do this. Yeah, it came out earlier this year for Switch. And, you know, the, the whole thing with Yoshi is that it's like a cute game. In Crafted World, like, everything's yeah. made out of crafts. And it's all cutesy and fun. You know, I played through the whole thing with my daughter, um, who was like two and then three at the time, because she had a yep. birthday in April. So it was like very young, but she had a good time with it. It was really her first video game and she really got good at it yeah. and but there's a level i think it's called like don't be afraid of the dark hmm. um and it's very late in the game and you get there and there are these invincible you can't kill them there's no way to kill them and there's it's killer clowns and they have like these giant axes and they <laughs> make like this like really creepy laugh and they, they're like <laughs> and they come after you and I mean, they will kill you if you're not careful. And the only way to avoid them is you have to find spots of light in the level and they, they won't come into the light. They can't yeah. go into the light. And like, you know, as opposed to a game like Resident Evil, it's not all that scary, but it's very, I feel like, uh, it's very disarming in, uh, in Yoshi's Crafted World because you've played like all these cute levels and then you get to this one part where there's just these killer clowns with like axes laughing and trying to murder you. How did Naomi react to it? She was just like, she was just like, I can't, I can't kill these guys. She was like throwing <laughs> eggs off of them. And she said, she called them something else. She didn't, she didn't get what they were. I don't think. And oh, I definitely okay. know she called the axes hammers and maybe they're supposed to be hammers. To me, they look like, like dual bladed axes, you know, like a great axe. Yeah. Um, that they're swinging at you, but I don't know. She was just like, why is this guy trying to hit me with the hammer? And I'm just like, I'm not going to argue with you. It's a hammer. Yeah. Um, but to, um, to me, it definitely looks like an axe. But anyway, uh, so just trying to think outside the box there. And I know we only named three today because, um, you know, we got to keep, we got to have other stuff for next year's Halloween show, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm sure um, we'll have a whole lot more come then as well. Cause we'll have gone through so many more games and I will have gone through Nino Cooney by then. And, but I did want to just honorable mention since, you know, Dragon Quest, uh, talk about Fester's Quest. Do you remember Fester's remember Quest? Fester's Quest, the Adams Family game. Yeah, you were Uncle Fester. You're just a fat, bald dude running around the city, like trying to save your family from aliens. Yep. Um, which is just like, an, it's 
definitely <laughs> one of the more like obscure and absurd NES games that I remember playing as a kid. Yep, I remember renting it. I don't remember it being like one of my favorite ones. It's not it's good. Weird. Yeah, it's not good. It's it's like a run and gun, um, type game. You know, like for some reason, Fester has like a little like flare gun type, like space gun. And it's top down, isn't it? Like it's yeah. a top down game where yeah, yeah, okay. Not yeah, like and- Contra, side scrolling like bullet hell game. It's a like a run and gun top down. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and you, you like go into houses and you can find different members of the family and they'll like give you items that like let you advance into other areas. Right. And stuff. And, um, I actually, so I actually looked it up for, um, for this episode because I couldn't remember which, if it was the NES or the SNES that I played right. it on. Is the NES. Um, I always thought it was a video game that came out with the movie. Right, I always thought it was too because it was like the uh, the it, Adams Family uh, remake or whatever the original yeah the movie was. that had like Christopher Lloyd as Uncle Fester yeah and Chris- Christina Ricci as Wednesday yeah and so I thought they were kind of cashing in on that and like Christopher Lloyd's popularity and that's why they made Uncle Fester the main uh, character yeah but this game came out like three years before that movie that, that which is which makes it even weirder that. That doesn't make any... Okay. Way to like, go, Nintendo. Yeah. So they just made an Adams Family movie, like, for no reason, I guess. They for made Adam's an Adam Family, Family game. Vi- video game, yeah, for, like, no reason. I mean, maybe somebody just really liked the Adams Family um, and was like, you know what I want? To blow stuff up as Uncle Fester. So, so, no joke, I did fall down the rabbit hole of, like, Wikipedia and websites reading up about this game. Okay. And I think that's seriously what happened, is I think there was this guy, I can't even remember his name, or... I think Sunsoft was that the company yeah, that made it. Yeah, anyway, Sunsoft. Yeah. Anyway, he he wanted to make it. He was a big fan of the Adams Family, I guess, from when he was a kid in like the '60s, and he wanted to make an Adams Family game, and so they made Fester's Quest. Huh. All right. And Sunsoft are the same people who made the Batman game on the NES, uh, as far as I remember, if I'm remembering off the top of my head uh-huh. right. And it was friggin' hard. Like yeah, the original, th- like Joker, whatever the it wasn't Revenge of the Joker, maybe it was, I don't know. But Batman was hard. I mean, I remember yet. Fester's Quest being hard. I was like five when I played it, but still, I remember Fester's Quest being a pretty hard game too. Yeah. But anyway, I totally, I, you know, I mean, and it's, it's Wikipedia, so it's like yeah. anybody could get on there and make up an interesting story about it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but uh, anyway. I thought that was cool and kind of interesting that some dude just liked the Adams family. And so he made Fester's quest because all these years I thought it was just a, I thought it was a video game that went with the movie. Yeah. And it's not. I, I would have just, yeah, I always thought that too. Cause it was around that same time, but this was three years predating the, uh, <laughs> the Adams family. I, I believe so. Yeah. Let me, let me check the wow. actual year really quickly. So Fester's quest came out in, 1989. Right. Um, so the Adams Family movie was 1991. So two years. Wow. So probably, so probably wasn't even, the movie probably wasn't even in like development or anything when the game came out, let alone when the game was being made. Was being developed. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just super, uh, weird. weird. Yeah. So, uh, so I know we're almost out of time for today. But because it's our Halloween special, we wanted to do something special. Right. So uh, I don't think we've mentioned this before, but BJ's wife, Jennifer, 
um, is super good at carving pumpkins, people. Yep. Like she's she's like entered contests and won contests, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's won pretty much every contest she's entered. Like sometimes she gets uh, gets outdone for like grand prize, like when they do a, a like super grand prize uh, by the uh, by people who do sculpting. Because she's just getting into sculpting, but when it comes to carving and uh, and making like really really intricate designs, like she's really really she's won every contest. She's always come in first place uh, yeah. in everything. So 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 Jennifer's really good at carving pumpkins. Me me is very bad at carving pumpkins. <laughs> um, but uh, but no, seriously. I, every year when we carve pumpkins, I always want to carve something cool, and I always like try. I always pick simple designs because I know I'm not good at it. And even picking the like simplest designs, I still somehow manage to mess it up every year. And so this year uh, I was thinking about doing something dragon quest, talk to you guys about it. So Jennifer and I, we're going to have a little competition that we want you guys to help us with. (laughs) So Jennifer is carving a pumpkin, a dragon quest pumpkin. I perhaps foolishly am also carving a dragon quest pumpkin. Uh, the one I'm going with, I don't know about Jennifer, but the one I'm going with is like the slime with the witch's hat. Yep. I think because, that's what she's going with too. Okay. Because it, it's simple. And like I said, I like to go for simple designs. I was thinking about doing a ghost from Dragon Quest with like yeah. the witch's hat and all. But even that I think might be too complicated for me. So I'm doing the slime with the witch's hat. Um, so Jennifer's carving one. I'm carving one. Uh, as soon as we both carve our pumpkins, we're going to post them up uh, on twitter and then we'll also go ahead and i guess put them on our homepage. yeah which we'll is, put them on dragonquest.fm yeah and so so you can view them uh we'll do a poll we're gonna get people to vote on twitter tell us which one is the best i think i know which way people are going <laughs> but maybe i'll get a few pity votes in there uh and we'll see and if you don't have twitter it's totally not a big deal you can still vote uh just email us uh that is social at dragonquest.fm uh, you could just send us an email and say, I vote for Austin or I vote for Jennifer, or even just our name. Just say Austin and I'll know that vote is for me. <laughs> yep. Or you'll be like, why'd they just say my name? It's, yeah. uh, oh, you're not going to get any emails that just say Austin. We know that. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, um, so, you know, if you don't have Twitter, we still want to include you. So feel free to, uh, to send us an email with your vote. Um, but we are going to be posting that on Twitter and on our homepage, uh, because we want, uh, everybody to see them. Yeah. So this episode will go up on Friday. Uh, so hopefully the pumpkin carving pictures will be up later that day. There's a chance they may be out Saturday or Sunday, depending on how things go. Uh, but we're going to be carving up some pumpkins, some Dragon Quest pumpkins. Uh, and we want y'all to tell us which one is the best. Yep. Uh, just remember that uh, that you hopefully like me and want to at least... <laughs> Give me a pity vote every once in a while, so maybe I'll get maybe I'll get a pity vote at least one. Yep, <laughs> maybe like so. One the, vote for me. We're meeting up with some family on Saturday to do like pumpkin carving with uh with the, with the family and the the kids, and so I may try this myself. And I think you're better at pumpkin carving than I am. I don't know. So man. it's uh it's gonna if I do this. You're gonna have some uh, some some stiff competition in the uh, the garbage pumpkin area. 
So, so when you listen to this, just uh, head on over to dragonquest.fm to look at those pictures, or you can go to our Twitter page. Our Twitter handle is at dragonquestfm, and we'll try to have that like as a pinned tweet or something so everybody can see it. We'll create a thread so that there's a poll under there, and you guys can all vote on it uh, with us. Uh, remember as well, if you want to just talk to us uh, individually, my Twitter handle is at underscore Austin underscore King. I've also got a weekly Dragon Quest blog, dragonquestaustin.com. Took a short hiatus from it uh, for the next like month or so because of uh, just wanted to have my Dragon Quest quest to kind of have an end, you know, where I played every game in a single year. Yep. And so I did that. It kind of had an ending. And so I'm taking a small break and then I'll be back with regular Dragon Quest posts uh, really soon. Uh, but if you want to catch up on that, again, uh, that is DragonQuestAustin.com. So you can catch up on all the posts there. And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beege. That's B-E-E-J. And you can also hear me on the geek to geek podcast uh, every Wednesday night at 7 is when we release. And you can find out more about all the content on the network we're a part of at geek 2 geekmediacom Thanks, everybody. Happy Halloween. Ooh.